Hello and welcome. I am Anais, your curious recruiter, and I'm super thrilled to be able to bring to you another episode with a guest. And this time it's going to be a really amazing guest. I'm talking about uh, Guy Carmelli, who is, um, you know, basically living a block away from where I live here in Tel Aviv. He works for a company that is pretty renowned, especially if you've ever thought about um, getting your own website and uh, do not actually possess a lot of uh, knowledge in order to, to pull that trick off. Um, so obviously I'm referring to the company Wix and we are going to be talking about a really, really cool topic, which was actually um, his topic of choice. And that's the topic of personal branding, basically everything that goes beyond just a pure resume or a pure LinkedIn profile or who you are in your day to day work persona. Um, we're talking about everything that goes beyond that work persona. And uh, yeah, Guy has a really cool story to share because he's doing quite a number of things. One of them is um, actually building an Android app, uh, which is really, really cool for all the bookworms out there. So of course, we'll be talking about that in detail, but also give you a couple of tips and tricks to get you started on uh, your own personal brand building. So yeah, let's get started. All right, so I'm here with Guy, and I'm really honored to have you as a second guest of the podcast. So a uh, couple words about you, Guy. Uh, in a nutshell, you are now, um, you've actually had your five-year anniversary at Wix, so mazal right. um, tov on that. You're what you would call a niche Android developer, so uh, working on something very niche, which we're going to cover in a second. Um, and uh, yeah, I am really, really jealous because you get to host really amazing happy hours at Wix, which I would definitely love to join, you know, when it's covid uh, uh, friendly times and more importantly uh, you are a quote clipping app developer this is kind of your baby in your spare time and uh, yeah happy hour mixologist but I already said that so uh, yeah do you want to tell uh, everyone how we know each other actually because I guess it's a little bit of a funny story all right sure um, so first of all I'm very excited being introduced for the first time on a podcast um, definitely exciting um, so how do we know each other uh, well, it's through uh, Instagram, and I believe we started talking about a year or so ago. Yeah. Um, so the story behind that is that I went to a meetup and at work, and it was the first time of me going to a meetup, and I said, well, what, what do you do there? So people told me, well, you go to the meetup, you eat pizza, you drink beer, and you listen to, this, to some talks, and that's it. You mingle with people. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm there, I'm eating the pizza, I'm drinking the beer, listening to the talks. No mingling. What's of going course. on? <laughs> um, so I go home, fast forward a few months later, and I'm on Instagram, and I stumble upon this profile of some designer at Facebook, and I'm like, wow. This, this guy is, is uh, talented, he's taking like amazing photos and his designs are amazing. So I followed him and, and I started seeing his uh, stories and he start, he like posts stories all the time, like of, of everything of his uh, uh, day at work and after work going to a restaurant or to a bar. And, and I started seeing like, wow, face, Facebook love is like amazing. And mm -hmm. these people seem like really interesting. So I started following lots of people from Facebook. And one of those people is you. And I think perhaps the first question you asked me is like on Instagram is like, wait, do we know each other? Because we have lots of mutual friends. Yeah. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> how do I explain that? Hashtag stalker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
And I guess, yeah, that's the story uh, mm -hmm. about how we met, basically. Yeah, and then we realized that we're literally neighbors. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Guy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of, you know, who you are as a person, but also who you are professionally, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that? Well, as you all know, my name is Guy. I live in Tel Aviv, 33 years old, and I'm uh, almost married. COVID put some uh, stops to our plans. And I've been a developer, an Android developer, for the past uh, six years, and five of which have been at Wix. Um, and I've been doing lots of infrastructure work at Wix, uh, specifically on the mobile app, and of course, running happy hours and lots of cocktails and drinks. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, that's, that's about it, I guess. And, uh, you know, five years for you at Wix, um, especially, you know, we're both young, we're both working in, in the high-tech industry where a lot of people seem to be, you know, moving around a lot, you know, and just joked around how much people move apartments here in Tel Aviv as much as they move jobs pretty much every one, two years. What has kept you so engaged and motivated at Wix? All right. Um, that's a great question. So, first of all, of course, it's uh, the people. Like, I really like everyone who I work with uh, and I like the product as well. Um, but it actually started with lots of insecurity. Like mm -hmm. I was always afraid, scared of being fired. Like the imposter syndrome was, was right. real. And shortly after I joined Wix, uh, we pivoted. We changed the, pro the product like, a lot. And we took the opportunity to change our tech stack as well. And we adopted uh, a framework developed by, by Facebook, actually, mm -hmm. called React Native. Yep. And um, are you familiar with it? Uh, I used to be a tech recruiter, so yeah, I used to use it a lot, but you know, kill me, I have no idea what it looks like, what it's about, but yeah, React. All right, all right. <laughs> so we adopted the, 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 this framework, and while we were evaluating it, uh, we noticed a few uh, pain points we were having with it. Um, one of those were, was the infrastructure related, uh, mm -hmm. specifically about uh, navigation, how to show screens uh, in the app, uh, etc. Uh, and I kind of took the opportunity to uh, basically own this entire thing called navigation on Android. And from a place of insecurity, I transitioned into being an owner of a very, um, uh, how would you put it, uh, like a mission critical piece of mm -hmm. infrastructure. Uh, and this really gave me lots of confidence uh, in myself and in my you know, workplace. Um, so that's basically how I, why and how I stayed for five years, I guess. Sounds great. I have a question and that was not scripted at all, but do you know what Wix, Wix means in German? I do. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to work for a company that has a weird name like that in Germany? <laughs> all right. So I guess there's only one way to approach it and it's to make fun of yourself. Yes. So I think Wix has uh, put up a few uh, commercials and ad campaigns yeah, about, they're hilarious. <laughs> about Wix being Wixers and, you know, they approach people on the street. Do you Wix at home? And <laughs> For everyone who doesn't know, Wixen in German, which is actually one of my native languages, means uh, uh, to, to pleasure oneself, I guess. <laughs> so look up the ads on YouTube. They're really, really funny. And I remember actually still being in Europe when they were aired. It was hilarious. All right. So what we came here to talk about was actually how to build your own brand. Um, I remember reaching out to you back when the podcast started and said, Guy, you know, working on this thing, podcast. And you're like, whoa, cool. And I'm like, well, you know, do you want to be a guest? And you're like, yeah, let's talk about brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yay. Okay, now you got the whole rundown of our conversation, but this is how we got to that point. Um, so, Guy, why are you passionate about, you know, building your own brand? 
All right, so I explained how I got into working on this infrastructure project at Wix and how I became kind of um, important uh, for the team. Uh, but I realized after a while that I'm, I kind of felt like I'm stuck working on this infrastructure, like I'm not broadening my horizons. I'm doing the same thing day in, day out, uh, struggling with Android internals while other people get to um, learn lots of other technologies and you know, work with, uh, uh, so with, with servers and, and lots of other things. And I realized that I can own my own progression, my own growth, and I can basically take things you know, into my own hands and if I want to write an app, I can write it myself. Mm -hmm. So I just had to find an idea and I could use this idea and build an app and experiment with any technology and design patterns that, I, that were interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Just experimenting and, and learning new things, I realized that uh, my, my specific tech stack wasn't changing that much. Mm -hmm. I was doing Android and that's it. And, and things evolve, things change. Uh, there are new technologies that emerge all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for me as a developer to experiment and learn and just know what's out there, what's, mm -hmm. what's current, what's hot. And I, I think for myself, one of the most important things about developing a personal brand is about the mindset. I like to uh, think about my progression is that I'm always being recruited. Um, either for the next role within my current organization or for another role someplace else, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not even, I'm not actively looking, but when you actively do things and you have a, a, a blog or you're on Twitter, you, uh, you have a personal project, then over time you adapt a mindset of, of doing and taking responsibility over your own uh, progression. Mm -hmm. um, so in time, instead of you having to look for opportunities, like I said, either internally or externally, then these opportunities will come to you. People will just approach you, hey, I'm starting, I'm forming a new team. Would you like to be the lead in this team? Mm -hmm. Or hey, a new uh, a position has opened up within our organization. Are you interested? Mm -hmm. um, so this mentality, I think, uh, really helped me uh, with uh, both the imposter syndrome, my insecurity, and just with my general um, uh, happiness in my, yeah. you know, my career. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, with the recruiter hat open, I do want to say that it is okay to be in your job and just do you know, your job and, and be recruited by other companies without doing anything else. But obviously, as a recruiter, when I see people are very passionate about what they do and they don't just do it uh, basically in the comfort of, of, of their, their own office, um, that's obviously a bonus point if you're going that extra mile. So I can totally relate as a recruiter. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So basically, you went into this app and this is just just one of the things that you're doing, but we'll talk about it a little bit more in detail later. Um, but basically, you did that for your own personal development. But at the same time, um, you mentioned that it's it's really important for you also to to kind of have a different sort of visibility. Yeah, you're being recruited all the time, so you needed something uh, more tangible. I think. Uh, can you share a little bit more context on that? All right, uh, definitely. So an interesting fact about my my career progression is that. I didn't go to a well-known university. Uh, I went to a small college uh, mm -hmm. up north here in Israel, and it, it's, it's really not known uh, here in Tel Aviv. And people told me, well, you're going to have a hard time landing a job uh, in tech in mm -hmm. Tel Aviv. Uh, and for those who don't know, Tel Aviv is like the Silicon Valley here in Israel. Uh, it's the center hub of mm -hmm. tech. 
Oh, I thought it was Petartikva. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> well, I just I figured what I what I can do is, if I want to land a job as a mobile developer, why don't write a mobile app? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm going to use this app as a showcase project, then I should probably incorporate lots of technologies. So it should have like a well, front end, of course, that's the app, but it should also have a server mm-hmm. running. And if you have a server, well, you need to populate it with data. So I wrote a, like a web crawler that crawled the web and like populated my server with data, etc. And I used lots of APIs of YouTube and Facebook and lots of popular sites. And basically, I used this showcase app during my uh, recruitment process to the first uh, job that I landed here in Tel Aviv. Both the recruiter and uh, the tech lead were very interested in it. In fact, they were more interested about the app than you know, my college degree. Amazing. That, that's great. Yeah. And there's still a lot of biases out there, you know, about looking at specific um, university. I know specifically in Israel, when I was in tech recruiting, everyone was just looking at, I don't know, Technion or Tel Aviv University. And uh, that's a really, really limiting perspective. So, you know, if there are recruiters out there that are, that are biased, then looking at those sort of side projects is, is definitely great. And on top of helping me land my first job, it has also uh, helped me get, uh, you should say, you can say a promotion or land my next um, uh, role uh, internally in Wix. Uh, so basically, as an infrastructure developer, I had to uh, like show my managers and the people around me that I can do more than that. Like I can do a server and you know mobile development in general and not just this specific infrastructure work. Um, so recently, I um, switched teams from my current role as an infrastructure engineer into a more uh, product-oriented uh, developer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that was uh, feasible because I had this app and I could show my managers that, yeah, I do everything, not only infrastructure, but I do design and product. And I, I think you know, about everything that's product-related, not just mm-hmm. infrastructure. Amazing. Now, um, let's let's talk about you and what you're doing in, ter- in order to shape your own personal brand. Uh, so you mentioned the app, obviously, but uh, and, and, you know, I want you to do a full intro about this app in a second. But what other things do you do that you think are part of your own personal brand? All right. So personal brand, I guess, uh, is all about making yourself known to others and letting people know uh, what are your qualities? What are the things that, you know, Uh, you've learned uh, sharing about uh, your knowledge and what I've started doing is uh, I maintain a Twitter account a Twitter Mm -hmm. profile where I share like small stuff about what I do in my app uh, small success stories uh, regarding my application or also my work at Wix Uh, Mm -hmm. this infrastructure project I haven't mentioned but it's open source which means that it's completely public its development is being done uh, publicly so I also formed a pretty uh, nice connection network with people from all over uh, the world Um, and people started following me over time because they they, I guess they found my work uh, interesting to Mm -hmm. them they wanted to uh, keep up to date with me so Twitter uh, is really important. I, th- I find it more important than LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, because it's really focused about yourself, uh, sharing about knowledge, just tidbits, your thought process, stuff that are actually uh, valuable to other people. Another thing I started doing recently is writing blog posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is similar to Twitter, but you just go more in depth and you share uh, much more knowledge and you, you just go in depth about everything. Um, 
So one post I wrote about uh, was related to this project specifically, mm-hmm. and the other uh, the other post I wrote was related to this, my story in in Wix in general, um, in and how we did open source in the past four uh, years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Twitter and blogging those are things I find very valuable mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, personal branding, and they are also very um, feasible and, and easy to do early on mm-hmm. cool but let's talk about the, the masterpiece the app so clip it app uh, what is it about who is it for where can I find it all right <laughs> <laughs> so clip it is my personal project which I've mentioned um, it's an Android application which lets you save book quotes um, from uh, physical books you've uh, read Uh, You basically uh, take a picture, snap a picture of a page, and you highlight uh, the quote you're Mm -hmm. interested in saving. And then with uh, magical OCR technology behind the scenes, uh, we turn the image, the selected uh, text, into an actual text, which you can uh, save Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, tag and categorize and easily find it later on. So it basically combined uh, two passions of mine. Uh, One is uh, growing, uh, learning new things, uh, Mm -hmm. transitioning from an infrastructure engineer into uh, an actual Android developer, uh, where I, I... write an entire app you know um, from end to end Um, and the other is growing personally Uh, so I started reading lots of books Mm -hmm. both about uh, programming but also about management communication and I'm sure you know as you're also uh, an avid book reader that these books contain massive amounts of information like it's not possible to just memorize them it doesn't work that way so I had to find a way mm-hmm. which uh, will easily allow me to get back to these books. Um, so th- this is how basically I came up with the idea for the app. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the reason, it, because it combined two passions, it really um, helped me uh, you know, keep up with this project mm-hmm. and develop it for over two years now. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. I unfortunately am an iPhone user, so I couldn't do my research here and test it firsthand. But yeah, the concept sounds amazing. Do you plan on making this also um, accessible? Say, for example, I have the app on my on my Android and I'm surfing something on Google Chrome and I want to just clip that. Will that be also an option? It's it's possible right now if you're on, on Chrome on your mobile device. Mm-hmm. But we are uh, considering uh, developing a web app as well. Sweet. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, you know, I'll be looking out for the web app and uh, more importantly for the iPhone app. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's uh, that's definitely going to be a good one because I'm still one of these people that, that uses, you know, the little uh, post-it, uh, post-it bookmark stickers. I have books that are full of them and I like to synthesize my books at the end and I, I'm not done yet. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a pain. So this app would save me. Cool. And uh, yeah, how did you come up with those ideas? I mean, obviously the app we covered, but um, Twitter, the blog post, is it someone that came to you and said, listen, you know, we'd love for you to talk about this or you'd be really good at that. Or was it just something that you came up with personally? All right. So basically I what I did, what I still like to do is I find people in the industry, mm-hmm. which I, I guess, admire or look up to. And I try to imitate them. Mm-hmm. Like what? What? What has worked for them? Uh, so I noticed that all of them, all of them, were on Twitter and they were posting regularly. 
And I wow. said, all right, if it's good for them, then I guess it's something I should do. Mm-hmm. And early on, I was uh, very hesitant. I mean, I basically had no followers. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was posting for myself. No one was reading my tweet, my tweets. But I've already, le- already learned that being persistent uh, pays off. It does. So I just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in regards to uh, blogging, um, I think I should give some credit to Wix. Um, mm-hmm. Because there is an amazing uh, blogging uh, program at Wix. Um, we call it Blogging Storm. Um, they meet like once a month or once um, two months or something like that. And they kind of give you the tools to write a blog post, write your first blog post. And, and they make it like, they, they put it out there. Your first post is going to take a lot of time. It's going to be hard. And it really did. Like It took me a month to write my first post. But it becomes easier later on. And once again, I decided I, I should listen to them. If mm-hmm. the, the, these people know what they're doing, what they're saying, that uh, so I just figured, yeah, I'll write a blog post. And the first post I wrote was about um, the project which I've been involved with uh, in Wix. So it's something I was very passionate about. I still am. So it was, I guess, easier for me to write the post. Mm-hmm. And the second post was about uh, our story at Wix with open source how we came to adopt uh, React Native and do open source work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's going to be published very soon, I hope. Amazing. How much time would you say you are investing, I don't know, every day, every week, every month in, into doing, building all those things, you know, your Twitter account, the blogging uh, or the app, you know, and which of those takes the most time? All right, so Twitter is easy. You just roll with it. Uh, when uh, like an interesting uh, thought pops into your head, tick, 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 you type it and you're done. And about blogging, so it's not something I do regularly, mm-hmm. but when, when I do write a post, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Because as I mentioned, the first couple of posts are, are very hard. Uh, so I'm still struggling with it, but I'm not giving up. Um, and then uh, regarding the de- um, development of my app, this takes some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and my uh, fiance, we have this routine. We wake up uh, fairly early, like six thirty. Wow! <laughs> and respect. No, we're not in that. We're not part of the five a.m. club just yet. But yeah, it's we're six, close, close. <laughs> six thirty uh, for us, and we take the time early on in the morning uh, to work on some personal stuff. Mm-hmm. So I write my app and she does product management and mm-hmm. she learns design or whatever. Amazing. Um, and then in the evening when I get back from work, then yeah, I put I put in a, like in a half an hour, an hour, and the rest of the work um, is done during the weekend. Mm-hmm. But something that helped me a lot is that I realized that instead of trying to find uh, free time where which I can use to write my app, Instead, I can ask a different question and I can try to find uh, burnt time. Mm-hmm. Time that I basically use to do eh, things that are just not that important to mm-hmm. me. And instead of doing those, like instead of scrolling infinitely on Facebook, on Instagram. Oh, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I can use that time to work on more beneficial stuff like yeah. my app or for example. I hear you. I hear you. I'm actually, I have this phobia of spending time just Netflixing or something like that. I Sometimes everyone needs to relax, right? But Definitely. Uh, uh, I get this guilt afterwards. I'm like, oh, I could have done this, could have edited another episode or whatever. Um, but what is your secret to the 6.30 a.m. routine or 6 a.m. routine? And when do you go to bed? 
I go to bed fairly early, like 11.30. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think it's just the in- enthusiasm and passion really helps. Like, if you're doing something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't become hard to, to, you know, stick with it. Nice. Cool. Well, maybe uh, I'll invite you in for another podcast, you and Yael, to, uh, to talk about how to, you know, build a, a good routine. Do you make your bed every morning at 6 a.m.? Yael does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. So keyword, Yael, and coming back to, uh, to, to your app. So um, you started this app alone or was it always with, with her in mind as a co-worker or a co-owner? <laughs> All right. Um, so I started working on my app uh, by myself. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I uh, started working on it with a colleague from work. Um, so I did, I did the coding and she did the design and the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but one small big problem is that the app was developed for Android and she was an iPhone user. Um, and, as, <laughs> and as an iPhone user, it was very frustrating for her not being able to use the product that mm-hmm. she's worked so hard on. For sure. And eventually, I think, uh, she lost interest in the project. And this is when Yael, uh, my fiance, who is a junior uh, product manager, uh, stepped in and decided that she could use Clipit, uh, the app, um, as a you know as a, as a great uh, success story. Yeah. For herself. And basically, uh, we've been working together for the past year or so, uh, and she's been using the app. She's also been blogging about it mm-hmm. uh, to hone her skills and learn design, uh, design uh, programs, product management, um, everything. Cool. So it's a win-win. Yeah. And uh, what would you say is the most satisfying about it? You know, maybe people telling you that they love the app or people telling you that they love learning, you know, about what you have to share. What is it for you that gives you that courage, that motivation to continue, especially Twitter, for example, you start and you have like five followers, you're tweeting to, to random people you don't even know. How do you keep the motivation going? Early on, while there were no users and the app wasn't even published, uh, what kept me going was learning new things and and knowing that each month I'm becoming a better Android developer than mm-hmm. I was, you know, previously. Um, but now that the app has been published and we actually have active users, um, then now we've started tracking our uh, statistics and mm-hmm. we start our day looking at our uh, statistics dashboard and we can see the number of installs that we had uh, the previous day or the number of active users, the number of users who have uh, finished our main funnel. Uh, so so th- these are things that kind of help us uh, going uh, now. So early on, it was mostly about milestones that we set ourselves. Mm-hmm. But now when the app is public, then there are way more milestones and much more, many more success stories, I guess. Amazing. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, all the people out there that might be in the same situation as you uh, have been, you know, a few years back and are thinking, well, I really want to pimp my LinkedIn up or I just want to just look better or bring my passion to life. Uh, what would be kind of uh, the, the different ways that you feel people can make an impact? And do you think that 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 personal brand that they're building should always be connected to something that is that is role connected? Like, say, for example, if I as a recruiter start branching out as, I don't know, a folk singer, would that be relevant? In regards to personal brand, I think Twitter is very beneficial, but it also like 
covers you in regards to LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm not active on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, post uh, whatever on LinkedIn. But what I do is that I mirror my Twitter posts uh -huh, from okay. Twitter to LinkedIn. So that's like a kind of a quick win. If you still want uh, presence on LinkedIn, if, you, if, if it's important to mm -hmm. you, then you can easily uh, do that. And about Twitter, it's really, it's, it's just put your thoughts out there. Um, you know, people are doing amazing things in their day to day. Uh, and they're really, um, you know, solving amazing problems uh, and facing big challenges. And these are problems and challenge, challenges that are interesting to other people. Mm -hmm. So your thoughts are really interesting to others in your own uh, field in your, and, and just put them out there. It, it's just good for you. Don't be, don't be shy. Mm -hmm. And in regards to like extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. So a personal brand is not, hasn't, doesn't need to be boring, just, you know, professional, you know, uh, day in day out in your personal time as well like knitting and cooking <laughs> and and mixology is also yeah. important for your uh, personal personal brand show your uh, identity your personality like show people who you are mm -hmm. um, I think that people are um, people want to work uh, with people who they know who are who they are familiar with so yeah when you post about your hobbies uh, then people get to know you and and it makes you more approachable my colleague who I worked with on the app she has a website for cocktails and soups that's unrelated to work at all uh -huh. like unrelated she did use it to uh, you know get more familiar with the Wix platform mm -hmm. but that wasn't her main goal Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend, my fiance, whatever, uh, she's knitting. So she mm -hmm. posted on Twitter a sweater she made and a mm -hmm. scarf and a doll and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I find it very important developing a personality. It's also about, um, you know, balancing out work and it just, yeah. you know, Netflix is important. Like mm -hmm. Netflix and pizza is critical. <laughs> It's, it's important. Definitely. But, um, you know, there is certainly a difference between um, kind of uh, uh, saying, okay, I'm going to open a separate Instagram account to showcase all my knitting and having your own personal Instagram account where, say, you post those stories. So if you, if you ask people who work with me, then they will tell you that cocktails is part of my brand. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows that Gaika means cocktails. Like... <laughs> Okay. Um, I didn't plan it to be this way. Mm -hmm. but it just sort of happened. Mm -hmm. um, we're not just professionals all the time. Mm -hmm. There's there's someone inside, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's. I think that these other you know projects, the uh, hobbies, mm -hmm. uh, are also important for us, uh, mm -hmm. and it's also important to showcase them. Yeah. So do you keep uh, kind of your uh, Instagram profile or just like your personal social media? open to, for others to see or is it something that i don't remember if you have a restricted account or not no everything's open yeah i guess the big question is uh how consistent should you be in in doing this you know in building this personal brand especially in a world where i guess a lot of people you know the knowledge is there uh you know it's really easy for people now to build websites or you know you know about that mm -hmm. uh, it's really easy for people to start as some sort of instagram presence or you know don't even get me started on tiktok i think i missed that train i'm past that age <laughs> But um, how consistent do you think should someone be when they start something like that? And also, how much does quality over quantity matter? All right. Oh, those are all great questions. Um, 
So I think you have to acknowledge that in the beginning, um, there's no real brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a single message, a single, a single post on Twitter or a single line of code in your next uh, uh, personal project. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts there. Like it's the first step. And initially, everything is hard. There is no real big picture. Um, there's no real brand out there. Uh, it sort of develops over time. Like over time, you, you gain these insights that you find helpful and you want to share them. Mm-hmm. And over time, if you are persistent, and I think you should be with your personal projects, then you learn new things which are very valuable to others and other people start naturally looking up to you and they'll just approach you and ask you, can you show me what you did? What mm-hmm. do you think about this te- technology or that? Why did you prefer this over that? Um, so I think initially it's going to be very hard and the bigger picture will be kind of vague. Mm-hmm. But as you, as, you, as you persist, as you go through it, um, there are lots of benefits and it just becomes part of what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, what for you is kind of a, a success metric for, for all of your outside activity? I know we talked about the stats you know, on the Google Play Store and understanding who's downloading and who's using monthly active users. But what other things um, are for you indicators that, yeah, this is actually going well? All right. So uh, I think my biggest success metric would be uh, the number of people I have reached. Mm-hmm. Um, if my colleagues know about all those things that I do, um, then for me, it's a success. And mm-hmm. another important metric is knowledge. Mm-hmm. If I learn new things, if uh, I manage to keep up to date with this ever-changing tech world, then then yeah, this is also a big success for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk Tachlis right now. Um, has there ever been a time where you were like, oh, screw it, I, I just don't want to do this anymore? Or has there ever been a project that you started and you were like, you just gave up on it because something was missing the motivation or the success or yeah tell us about your failures <laughs> <laughs> all right so <laughs> this is a hard one um so clip it wasn't my first personal project mm-hmm. uh, there were Ooh, skeletons in the closet <laughs> i knew it <laughs> so there were lots of apps and uh, projects uh before it and they all died over time. Mm-hmm. I just lost interest. I think the reason why Clipit just stuck with me, or actually why I stuck with it, mm-hmm. is because I made the decision to be persistent and to just go with it. Initially, it was very, like the code base was very poor quality and I made some bad decisions. I had to rewrite the project mm-hmm. uh, once or twice. Um, but the key difference, what made me stick with it is just deciding to be persistent mm-hmm. that that's that's the thing that that made it work out for me mm-hmm. um, so yeah there were uh, many attempts um and i was very happy with what i did but being persistent is what helped me just keep uh, with uh, with this project mm-hmm. cool we're gonna play a game of would you rather uh would you rather have let's say for example an instagram account because i keep on coming back to that maybe because it's a personal thing because uh you know some of you might know i, I do keep some sort of uh, drawing instagram account that doesn't have a lot of followers but i try to be more or less for you know persistent so would you rather have an instagram account that has a solid post every, you know, every week, every two weeks, or maybe twice a week, rather than an Instagram account that has eight posts, but a ton of followers. What's more valuable to you in your eyes? All right. So I think I would go with uh, quality. 
So just post every once in a while. The way I see it, uh, if you post every once in a while, then you take out the pressure and the stress from, you know, having to post uh, to keep up with a specific schedule, like mm-hmm. one post every day or every week, mm-hmm. etc. And additionally, the people who you meet and they get to know you and eventually they do uh, learn about your drawing account and they do find it or maybe you, you send them a link or whatever, mm-hmm. then it's way more impressive uh, to see, you know, your, your the quality drawings that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely go with quality and just take take out the pressure and the stress and just do what you like and you'll benefit from it a lot uh, mm-hmm. over time. Great. So that means that from now on, I'll only post one podcast episode every month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Okay, so um, what would be kind of the tips that you would give anyone who is kicking off kind of a, a side project like you did? What And also speaking from your own experience, what were the, the things that you wish you would have known when you kicked, um, when you kicked this off? All right, so seriously, I can't stress this enough. Be persistent, mm-hmm. just stick with it. It's going to be hard in the beginning and you might not even enjoy it Mm -hmm. but you have to think about uh, the long-term vision you have of yourself and the project what you're trying to achieve with whatever it is that you're doing also about free time a lot of people think that they don't have free time like they go to the gym they go to work and the supermarket afterwards they have to walk the dog Uh, so if you change the question instead of finding free time just try to find the burn time that you have in your day-to-day then you'll realize that you have a lot of time to work on things that make you happy in mm-hmm. the long run. Uh, and it really, will, will really take out lots of uh, frustration and aggravation you might have mm-hmm. uh, building up. Um, so yeah, be persistent and manage your time mm-hmm. better. I guess those are my tips. Great. And speaking of time, um, again, I don't think we really touched on the amount of time that, that you put in daily. I mean, you mentioned that you have this kind of in your routine, but if you had to summarize it, like um, now that the app's been launched and of course you're always making it better, but how much time would you say per week do you spend on it? Oh, roughly, um, roughly I would say about 20 hours. Wow, that's considerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps less. Is there? Would you say that there is some sort of curve that you're looking at where at first you have to work, at least I know for me on the podcast it was like that. I had to work really hard to get the website running, the branding, and put set everything up. And now actually that, that I've, I'm, I've gotten into the gist of it, I feel like it's, it's, it's taking less of my time and it's become a little bit more run-of-the-mill. Yeah, so there are definitely some things that you have to get out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Uh, like logistics things uh, so for me it was um, publishing the app to the to the Play Store or making the graphics um, writing the description uh, working on uh, App Store optimization etc but once you get those things out of the way then then working on the app just becomes part of your daily routine um, yeah. and it's just more manageable yeah amazing and did you have like uh like what kind of person were you did you just roll with it or did you have everything kind of uh uh pre-planned in terms of what you needed to do had your gantt chart ready and everything all right so initially i just uh rolled with it but then i opened a trello board just mm-hmm. for myself <laughs> and i managed uh tasks like bug fixes or just features uh ux improvements 
uh, even I manage my tech debt in mm-hmm. this uh, Trello board. Uh, and when um, my my fiance joined the project, then she already had like a fleshed out board nice. uh, which she could work with. Uh, so uh, working with Trello was a great experience for me. Mm-hmm. But I guess this is really uh, in, depends on you. It's like individual, uh, whatever works for uh, for you, for anyone. Cool, amazing. Thank you for sharing those tips. Now, um, final question. What's uh, 2021 looking like for you? professionally, personally, for the app, uh, for your marriage? <laughs> All right. So, Wedding, I mean. <laughs> uh, well, I just uh, switched uh, teams. I'm starting a new adventure at Wix, so that's mm-hmm. very uh, exciting. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, I hope to get uh, the 500 uh, users milestone in the oh. app. Um, yes, we're, we're modest at the mm-hmm. moment. And yeah, COVID did put a stop to our wedding, but uh, it'll happen. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it. Are you planning <laughs> something here or uh, something a little more exotic? Uh, exotic? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no concrete plans at the moment, but it'll happen. Yeah, go I with the sooner flow than later. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm uh, crossing fingers here. Thank you guys so much for all of your insights here. It's been super fascinating hearing about all of your uh, Um, all of your site projects and how they've helped you and I hope that this has been helpful for the listeners as well and uh, you know feel free to come around for another episode anytime also with Yael of course all right thank you for having me I had a great time All right, you guys on the listening end, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I had lots and lots of fun recording it. And I learned a couple of things on the way, such as, for example, using Twitter link to LinkedIn. I'm going to do the opposite of Guy. I would probably post more on LinkedIn and then have it feed into Twitter. Uh, Might want to consider, yeah, (laughs) getting up at 630 in the morning. uh, Because lately, you know, with the flexible working arrangements, I feel like uh, all I've been doing is really sleep in. So yeah, lots of good tips. Um, not just on a personal side, but more on the professional side. So if you guys did enjoy this episode, please feel free to comment, to like, to share with anyone in your network that you think uh, could benefit from listening to it. And of course, if you want to reach out with comments, suggestions, complaints, or praise, of course you can do that. As always, you can leave a voice message via Anchor. If you're more of an Instagram user, of course, you can find me on The Curious Recruiter, all in one word. Or you can visit the website, which is thecuriousrecruiter.com, all in one word, and you can use the contact form there. All right, guys, that's it for me, and we'll meet again at next week's episode. Bye.